Let me welcome you all to our Boxing Day service here at the High Kirk, and especially those uh, who are listening in online as well. We want to give you all a very warm welcome. Well, in the Psalms, in Psalm 27, I love this Psalm. We're told, One thing I of the Lord desired and will seek to obtain, that all days of my life I may within God's house remain that I, the beauty of the Lord, behold me and, and admire, and that I, in his holy place, may reverently inquire. Well, let's worship the Lord together as we sing in our opening carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and we'll keep our seats as we worship. <laughs>
Well, let's unite our hearts as we pray together. Let's pray. O our eternal God and King, grant us again that peace that passes all understanding, the peace that only Christ, our Prince of Peace, can give. And so, Lord, as we sing our carols and hymns of praise this morning, O help us, we pray, to come to know the Saviour and Lord to whom they point. Oh, that we would know Jesus more passionately, that we may know his life more powerfully, and that we would know his love more deeply. So, our loving Father, we've prepared many things this Christmas already, but Lord, help us this morning to prepare our hearts and lives to worship you Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, as we bring our own prayers here this morning, oh, we ask that you would touch each life. Lord, I pray that you would touch those who have joined us this morning, those online, and, Lord, those who we think of dearly. Oh, may they know the touch of the Master's hand and the everlasting arms of God surrounding them at this time. And so, Lord, gather us under your wings as we seek to worship you in spirit and in truth. And so, Lord, bless this time together as we do offer these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, we're going to continue to sing these beautiful carols. Silent night, holy night. Sleeps the world, hid from sight. And once again, we'll keep our seats.
Well, this morning we're taking our Bible readings through the Old Testament and also there into John's Gospel. But just let's hear the Word of God. Genesis chapter 49 and at verse 10 we read, The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he comes, to whom it belongs, and the obedience of the nations is his. Then in Isaiah chapter 7 at verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. And then in Isaiah chapter 9 at verse 6 and 7, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do it. And then in Micah chapter 5 at verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. And then we read in John's Gospel, chapter 3, and these well-known verses at 14 to 16. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his, only, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. May the Lord bless us the reading of his precious word. Well, amen. Well, we're going to return this morning to Isaiah chapter 9 at verses 6 and 7 for those who were able to join us on Christmas Eve. We took up our theme, Jesus is wonderful. And I want to continue this morning reflecting on how wonderful Jesus is. Jesus is given at least... 212 names, I'm told, in the Bible. And each name expresses his character, his love, his nature, his perfections. He's called the Lamb, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the altogether lovely one. He is the shepherd. He is the rock of our salvation. He is Shiloh. He is the one to come. He is the promised Messiah. He is our King and Prince of Peace. He is, of course, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. He is the altogether glorious one. He is the Rose of Sharon. And so many more names we could read out to you this morning. 
all describing how wonderful Jesus is. Well, can I just reflect this morning on, first of all, how his birth was wonderful. We read there in Isaiah chapter 7 at verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. His birth was wonderful. It was promised of old that a virgin would conceive and give birth to a son. A son would be given and the government would be on his shoulders. As we shared on Christmas Eve, there Isaiah got a glimpse of the crib, the cross and the crown. And so his birth was wonderful. So wonderful, actually, that the angels in glory couldn't help but desire to be there. I can almost picture the angels in glory calling to the Father, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come, please, can we go down? <laughs> can we see this wonderful birth? We're told that the angels desire to look into these things. They desire to look into the wonder of salvation. Remember the angels in glory? Oh, they can sing. They can sing so beautifully. And yes, in greater degree, they can sing much better than us. But you know, they can't sing like us though. We can sing of how Jesus came and saved my soul. We, the angels can't sing, my soul doth magnify the Lord. The angels can't sing, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. They can't sing these great songs of redemption. But we can. And yet, oh, how they desire to look into these things. How they look in and wonder and marvel at a heart that comes to know Christ. How a sinner can know forgiveness and mercy and grace. How a life can be transformed from the rock bottom to climb the heights of glory. And the angels just are amazed. And can you see them there at the birth of Christ? Glory to God in the highest, they sing. They're so overwhelmed at how wonderful is the birth of Christ. I like that. Can you see how wonderful the birth of Jesus really is? Well, we also notice that his life is wonderful. The life of Jesus is wonderful. Peter talks there of how pure Christ is. His life is wonderful. He is so pure. He is sinless. He is peace. He is the shalom of God. He is the one that brings wholeness to an anxious heart. 
Christ comes and brings such peace. His life is wonderful. To know and experience his life is something altogether. We can know about Jesus in our heads ac academically and intellectually. We can get a grasp of the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of Christ. We can go to the Sermon on the Mount and we can say, well, that was wonderful teaching. And even leaders in this world today often look at the Sermon on the Mount and especially the Beatitudes and they think, well, you know, that's wonderful teaching. And they can get a grasp of some of the things that Jesus said. And we can even apply them to our laws and to the way we live. But oh, we can still miss out on how wonderful his life is. Oh, to experience the life of Christ is wonderful. He is our peace. He is pure. And of course, right through the Gospels, you'll notice that his life was one of passion. He was passionate. He was the defender of the weak to anyone who was weak and lowly. Oh, Jesus would defend them. Oh, he was passionate. The religious leaders of the day would condemn and they would point the finger. They came into this world to point the finger and to condemn the world. These religious leaders in Jesus' day, oh, they loved to pull people down. They loved to make an example of them. They loved to point out how awful they are. Oh, these sinners, these publicans. But yet Jesus, we're told, when he came into this world and when he lived his life, we're told that he did not come to condemn. He came to save. He came to lift up the lowly. Those who know they've sinned. Jesus said, I've come for you. I love you. Jesus has such a heart for those who have really blundered, who have messed up in life, who feel that, oh, can I really be saved? Will I ever get to heaven because of what I've done, what I've thought, the way I've lived? You know, we can think the worst of ourselves, but, oh, Jesus thinks the best. He thinks the best of us. And he comes to the weak and lowly. He comes to sinners. He came into this world for you and for me. <coughs> for his life is wonderful. Yes, his birth was wonderful. His life is wonderful. But oh, let's remember, his death was wonderful too. On Good Friday, we often feel it's the heaviest day of the year as we remember the cross. And we can almost feel the grief and the sadness of the Son of God dying there when he didn't deserve it. Even a thief on the cross, cross said to his friend or to the other thief, he said, this man, he didn't deserve this. He didn't deserve this. And we can almost feel that heaviness on Good Friday. But you know, Good Friday through history was meant to be a victorious day. It was a reminder of how wonderful 
his death was. Because Jesus died on that cross in victory. He said, it is finished. That work of salvation is all wrapped up on the cross. Your sins have been forgiven. If you have put your trust in Christ, if you've come to know him, you can look to the cross and say, how wonderful, how marvelous is my saviour. Oh, what he did for me on that cross. His death was wonderful. He took my sins, my griefs, my sorrow. He took all the rubbish of my life and he nailed it to the cross. Every single sin was nailed to that cross. And the blood of Jesus wipes away then all our sins. His blood covers every single sin that has been nailed to that cross. For his death was wonderful. And on that cross, he gave us his garment of righteousness. He clothed us as he was clothed with our sins. He then clothed us with his righteousness, with his goodness, with his love, with his obedience, with his perfect life. He covers us and we come under that robe of righteousness. All who have put their trust in Christ, oh, we are clothed in that loveliness of Christ. How wonderful was his death. On that cross, we're also told that he defeated Satan. The devil that day, oh, he brought out all his minions. He brought out every demon the world would ever see. And oh, what darkness came over Calvary. What darkness. There was demonic darkness there too. And Satan thought he had won as Jesus died on that cross. But no, his death just meant victory. And suddenly the devil and all these demons were spoiled. They were defeated in a moment as Christ shouted with a loud voice, it is finished. And he gave up his spirit. What victory. Oh, Jesus, his death was wonderful. His birth was wonderful. His life was wonderful. His resurrection was wonderful. On that third day, remember, there he is in the grave. And the same Holy Spirit. Oh, the Holy Spirit would come and raise him. What victory. What a wonderful resurrection. And as Jesus is raised, how wonderful. Because now we know that, see, when Jesus was raised, it wasn't just a case of, oh, that's lovely. Jesus came out of the grave and he's now living again. He's now at the right hand of the Father and, oh, he knows such victory. Yes, that's lovely and it's glorious. But you know what's glorious for us and what's wonderful to us is that because Jesus was raised from, the, from death, that means all who have put their trust in the Lord. See, when we die, we now know, we have assurance, 
Lord, because you were raised from the grave, I know that I'll be raised too. I know that when I die, I'm going to be with you because Jesus, as he was raised from the dead, he went to be with you. He sits now at the right hand of the Father and he's praying day and night. He's praying for us here right now. And because he was raised, I'll be raised. And what's wonderful too is that because Jesus was raised, that means that the Bible must be true. The Bible said that Jesus would rise. He would rise again. And if that's true and it happened, does that mean that Jesus, what Jesus said was true then? That if I put my trust in him, that my sins will be forgiven. Can that really be true? Can all my sins be really wiped out, never to be brought to remembrance again? When I go into glory, into heaven, is God really not going to remind me of all my sins? Because Jesus was raised, we know that everything Jesus said is true. Our sins are really going to be forgiven, past, present and future sins. All will be forgiven. We're also told that Every tear will be wiped away on that day. You know, we can often get so guilt-ridden with all the things that we do wrong in life. But we're told on that day when we are resurrected, when we are going to be with the Lord forever, we will know no more guilt, no more shame, no more tears, no more regrets, no more disappointments. We're going to see some love, lovely souls that we haven't seen for a wee while now. Those who have gone before us, we're going to see them again. There'll be no tears on that day of sadness, though. There's not going to be any sad goodbyes. We are going to be caught up eternally with them forever and ever. And there's going to be no sin there, remember? You're not going to be able to remind each other. Do you remember what you did on earth? Do you remember when we were living you said this and you did that. No, there's going to be none of that. Every tear will be wiped away. Every regret will be put behind us. Every disappointment. You're going to be caught up in just the wonderfulness of Christ and his glory. We're going to be caught up with him as the angels fly around that throne of grace. And as they worship the Lamb upon the throne, we will all be just joining with them. And we will see the, how wonderful Christ is in his resurrection, in his glorified body. And guess what? When we see Christ in all his glory, you will also receive a brand new body. We're told, the Bible says, that on that day when Christ comes back and takes us to be with him for all eternity, we shall receive new bodies. We shall also be glorified. Oh, his resurrection is wonderful. But can I finish with this this morning? I want you to notice as well that his love is wonderful. The love of Jesus is wonderful. 
So remember what we read there in John 3, verse 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. All who turn to Christ, who believe in him, not just from their intellect, not from their head, but from their heart. All who receive Christ, we're told, oh, we will know the wonderful love of Jesus. For God so loved. The Lord really loves us, each one of us. He really loves us so much that he gave his son. When you look at Calvary, when you look at how Jesus was born for us, how he lived for us, how he died for us, and how he was resurrected for us, even in that giving of his son, oh, what love, what love. Even Paul, the apostle, couldn't put the love of God into words. All he could say was the height, the depth, the breadth, the length of the love of God. Oh, it's just beyond me. I can't describe it. His love is so wonderful. It's wonderful. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Vast, unmeasured, boundless, and free. It's free to all. A living stream. Oh, to come to that stream of the love of Jesus. For his love is wonderful. Today, I wonder, are you feeling down? Are you feeling a bit discouraged? Are you looking at your own life saying, Oh, do you know this? I'm not living the way I ought to live. But oh, does your heart also cry out this morning? But oh, to know his love. That's what I want this Christmas. Here on Boxing Day morning, yes, maybe everything's been unwrapped. But oh, will you unwrap another gift this morning? The loveliness of Christ. Will you receive him? Will you receive his love? His love is wonderful. And he desires that all would come to repentance, that you would all turn away from our own lives, our own mess, and that we would come to him and to experience his love, his joy, his peace. For his love is wonderful. And what I love about the love of Christ is that when we come to know that love, when we receive that love this morning, Paul goes on to say, and nothing, absolutely nothing, will ever again be able to separate you from that love. When you come to know Christ and his love, the love of God in Christ for you, when you receive his love, no one will ever be able to separate you from that. He loves you eternally. His love is eternal. God will never stop loving you and no one will be able to ever take you out of his love. And so this morning, isn't his birth wonderful? Wasn't his life wonderful? His death was wonderful. His resurrection was wonderful. And today, this morning, we can say again, 
and his love is wonderful. Oh, I do pray that the Lord will bless you and encourage you and that you will leave here with a lightness in your heart and that you will know the joy of the Lord to be your strength. This is the last Sunday of 2021. I do wish you all, oh, a better new year than the one we've had. But you know this, every new year, every new year is wonderful when we go out with Christ, when we go with him, when we take his hand. Oh, every new year is great and wonderful. And so may you have a wonderful new year. To you all here, I want to thank the band as well and for all who have been sharing in our services over this past year, but also those online as well. We just want to say, oh, the Lord bless you and keep you. And may his face shine upon you. And may you know his peace. And so let's pray together. Oh, our Heavenly Father, we pray for our world today. As Christ stood alongside us in all our sinfulness and poverty of our lives, Lord, help us to stand in the place of prayer for all those facing the brunt of human wickedness. Lord, fill us and send us out with the love and tenderness of Christ. Send us to love the helpless, to hold the broken, and Lord, even to risk our lives for the sake of others. Lord, we pray for all people and all nations, those who know emptiness and loneliness, who know lives abused and exploited. Lord, we pray for the fearful and the anxious, those whose hopes and joys have been shattered. Lord, give us such love and compassion to stand with those who stand alone. And Lord, we also remember today our Queen and our First Minister, our leaders and those in places of influence. Oh Lord, how we ask for your transforming grace to touch young and old, poor and sick. And may your healing presence touch families, streets, communities. And Lord, especially those upon our hearts here today. And Lord, we bring our own lives. Oh, may we again, Lord, experience how wonderful Jesus is. Our wonderful Saviour. Our wonderful King. Our wonderful Shepherd. Oh, how wonderful, how marvellous. Lord Jesus, we just honour you this day. Father, we honour you. Holy Spirit, we honour you. Oh, blessed triune God. Oh, how we give thanks for your goodness, your mercy, and your love. And Lord, as we bring now our tithes and offerings, 
and our prayers for others. O Lord, transform the very words of our prayers into lives that will be lived out for your glory. And in Jesus' sweet and precious name, we pray all these things. Amen. Well, we're going to close in our carol, O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. And we'll stand to sing this closing hymn.
so may grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen.